Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hey Wiley. G. how are you? You know, Arash, sometimes I love being right. Actually, I take that back. I love always being right. But in <laughs> this particular instance, in this particular case, uh, it is at the expense of Los Angeles sports. But I still like being right, I guess, you know. Uh, yeah, Rams. You know, a G, well, Gia, you were right on two fronts. You were right about the Lakers. You were right about the Rams. Unfortunately for Los Angeles, you were right on those two fronts. You really called it. And I thought, listen, I, I, I know that Kyle Shanahan owned Sean McVay. Uh, you know, prior to the game, he had won their last four meetings. He swept them two years in a row. And I'm like, What's going on here? Like, I know that those two guys are friends. They they were on the same coaching staff uh, before in Washington. But something's got to give. I mean, San Francisco's not that good. They come into the game at three and five. They had not won a game, Jihei, at home in Levi Stadium in over a year. So I'm thinking, listen, coming off of a, a embarrassing Sunday night home loss to Tennessee, the Rams are certainly going to win. They're going to cover. They're going to get right back on track, and everything's going to be all well in the world. Well, I was at Levi Stadium, Jihei, and I got settled into my seat and got ready for that Rams um, win, perhaps even a Rams blowout. You had the debut of Odell Beckham Jr., the debut of Von Miller, and Jihei, if that wasn't the most embarrassing performance in recent Rams history, certainly since Sean McVay has been the coach, 31 to nine, I mean, sorry, 31 to 10. The Rams got a late touchdown at the end. I mean, it was 31 to three as the majority of the fans left Levi Stadium. An absolute blowout. It was never close. The Rams uh, fall behind 14 to zero in the first quarter, 21 to seven. It was a blowout from beginning to the end. And this is now a concerning, uh, you know, th- this is a huge concern for the team. Again, last week when they lost to Tennessee, Tennessee's a good team, by the way. Would not be shocked to see Tennessee play in the Super Bowl. So that's not like a humiliating loss. You don't want to get blown out at home. But Tennessee is a good team. The Cardinals are a good team. You're not going to go 17-0. That being said, you cannot get blown out by the San Francisco 49ers, who again, come into the game three and five, had not won a game at home in over a year. You get blown out by that team in a game where you had to come back, uh, you know, and really showcase who you are going into the bye week. Just not a good performance, uh, G.A. Before I uh, get your thoughts, I did want to kind of play some sound. Again, just, just, a, just a disappointing game, a depressing game for the Rams out there, certainly with uh, hopes of obviously getting to the Sus- to the Super Bowl. They are all in in terms of trying to be that home team that gets into the Super Bowl. So we're going to now hear uh, from Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, who owns Sean McVay, apparently, G. I mean, I saw some hilarious memes of him. Uh, Sean McVay's face su- superimposed on Kyle Shanahan's a child. So that's that's where that's at. And um, Hodel Beckham Jr. So 
Odell Beckham Jr. had his debut for the Rams, so we will hear from uh, him right now. So before um, I get your thoughts, Jihei, and, and we kind of put a bow on that depressing game, let's now hear from Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, just getting adjusted with everything, it was kind of favorable down for them. You know, um, long punt, shake it off kind of and just keep playing ball. Odell, how hard was this game for you to come right in, especially with Robert's injury? Did they throw even more at you than you were expecting? No, we, you know, they did a, a phenomenal job at, at helping me get adjusted and go over the playbook and do all those things. Um, you know, like I said, those are big shoes to fill. He was the, the heart of this team. Um, and I think we got to remember that this is the National Football League and <laughs> any given Sunday, any team can win and Tonight the Niners came out and they played better than us on all phases of the game, and that's just really um, the moral of the story. There's no, you know, trying to find, you know, what happened. They just outplayed us. How did you feel for a first game? I mean, first first play goes to. Yeah. How did you kind of feel for the first time? Um, I was excited. I was, you know, felt like I was ready for the moment. Uh, I felt like I've been through so much and and. God has put me in this position for that exact moment, and it just wasn't our night. Like, there's really no way around it. It just wasn't our night. Um, all three phases of the game, you know, they ran the ball well. Uh, they stopped us while we were on offense, and they just they just beat us. Don't like this gives you a moment now with the body to kind of catch your breath and, you know, regroup? Absolutely. Um, I think that's for everybody as well, you know, get a bye week. It's the 10th game of the season. You know, it's a long season. Um, you're going into the back stretch. You got seven games, a bye week, uh, and it's going to be a tough road. But this is where you, you know, these moments don't divide you. You know, they bring you stronger and closer together. And I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, and, you know, just over the bye week, be able to get in the playbook and really try and learn every single thing possible. You know, it's just two days of, you know, it's quick, but I, I'm ready. I, I'm excited. Um, I'm just happy to be here. For you personally on the bye week, how do you how do you spend it? Because it's obviously very unique for you to be coming to a new team in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean I'll be here. I'll be working out, getting in, doing a little tour days, kind of. Um, you know, I had a baby hiatus myself, just with everything that was going on. Um, emotionally, it was a lot. Uh, so now I get to get back in the lab, get to work, get through the playbook. Um, and then you lick your wounds and you, you get ready for, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL in, in Green Bay at Lambeau. So I think that's all it is to it. You give yourself 24 hours, 48 hours, however long, um, not much longer than that. And then you wipe it and you, you get ready for Green Bay. But you just see where you, you see how everyone responds to adversity. Uh, I mean, it's tatted on my arm, Martin Luther King, the ultimate measure of a man. You know, anybody could handle the ups, uh, but what do you do when it's when you're down? Um, and you know, right now, I don't see you know heads down in the locker room. It's just 
they outplayed us today. Uh, like I said, you give yourself the 24-hour, 48-hour rule, and you keep it pushing. Um, and, you, and you come into work prepared. You got a bye week, get some rest, lick your wounds, and you keep it moving. How does it affect the last month on offense when the opponent is controlling the ball as much as the Niners did? Yeah, it's tough. You know, it, it's definitely tough. Um, they put the game plan together. They executed. Um, and like I say, man, it's any given Sunday. Uh, they they just came out to play tonight, and it was it was their night. And you got to tip your hat to them. Tell them you'll see them down the road, and you know, focus on that down the road. But don't forget it, um, and, and be ready for it next time. All set? Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys. Uh, we didn't play en- play well enough to uh, to win that game tonight, obviously. Hats off to the 49ers. This was a humbling night for us as a team uh, and a great opportunity for us to be able to take a deep breath, step away, look at the things that we need to correct, particularly offensively over the last couple weeks. Wasn't nearly good enough, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll look inwardly. We're going to figure this thing out, and we're going to come back f- freaking swinging. I promise you that, all right, uh, these last seven games of the, the regular season. You know, I got to go back and look at the film. They did a good job. You know, they were able to kind of just churn out yards and, um, you know, they were efficient on some of the third downs. Uh, But really, when you look at it, Jordan, uh, to have two turnovers to start the game offensively, um, you know, we're not playing complimentary football. And um, that's, uh, you know, something that we've got to look at. We got to play better as a team. And that's why we've had the results that we have the last couple weeks. Yeah, you know, Robert's a very important player, Lindsey. Um, you know, you never replace him. It certainly didn't help not to have him, but uh, I don't want to use that as an excuse. We didn't play well enough. Uh, we didn't make enough plays. Our best players didn't play up to their standards, um, and that's something that uh, we'll all look at each, at one another. We'll figure out, let's first and foremost look at ourselves. What can we do better within the framework of our roles? And then let's move forward with a resilient mindset mentality, and uh, that's exactly what we'll do. I don't. You know, I, I think uh, some of them concentration lapses, guys just not making plays that they're accustomed to, but uh, certainly it was very uh, uncharacteristic for a lot of guys. And it wasn't just one guy in particular. It was a handful of different guys. Um, and so everybody had a hand in this tonight, and that's where we got to look at it ourselves, look inwardly first and foremost, and then be able to move forward accordingly because I choose to believe that these last couple weeks are not who we are. Um, I refuse to believe that even though, you know what, uh, you're only as good as your last Last game. These last two weeks have certainly been humbling, but like I said, you know we're we're going to look at ourselves. I think it's good for our guys to be able to take a step back, be able to get away a little bit. I know that uh, you know there'll be some things in the background that uh, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing uh, to be able to uh, you know have some solutions when we come back and attack this thing the right way for these last seven games. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan very happy. His Niners get a huge win over the Rams. What message to the players in the locker room afterward? Um, just told them how proud of them I was, and so we got a short week. I think we got a real good team ahead of us, and um, you know that's how we expect to play. And it's been long overdue, and uh, we got to make sure that we take a day off, those guys rest, come back healthy on the short week, and make sure we keep it going forward. Uh, how much of a relief was it to get a finally get a home win? You guys hadn't had a, had a home win since like October of 2020 when you last beat the Rams. Uh, yeah, I mean that's um, you know it's been frustrating. You know, he's, you know we haven't won at home yet this year. You know, we last time we did win at home was versus the Rams. We had one game after that versus the Packers. Um, then we spent our homes in Arizona. Um, but just going to this, this year was very frustrating, um, especially 
especially you know the crowds that we've had, the way our fans have been. Um, they were awesome today, uh, just like they were awesome last week. Um, but I'm glad we gave them, gave them something to be proud of today. Reversing attempts, Kyle. Did you have a sense it might be kind of a slog that you know getting to 40 might be a function of just getting you know three, four yards at a time? And also, how maybe hard is it for you to stick with that when you're not popping big ones? Um, it's. I mean, it is. It is. It's very tough. Um, but when the defense is playing that way, and when we're doing well on third down, it makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, you can try for that to be your plan, but if we don't convert those third downs, no one will ever see that. And then eventually, um, you get behind, and you got to uh, abandon that. You know, I don't say we don't always make the goal to have over 40 runs, but we do always make the goal to try to be balanced. And but a lot of stuff goes into that. And you got to be good on third down. You got to be good on the other side. And uh, you got to have 11 guys really getting after trying to run the ball well. I think Jimmy was seven of nine, had a couple touchdowns on third or fourth down tonight. Just what was your assessment of how he played, particularly on those? Times? I thought he made some big time plays, especially there at the end. You know that fourth and five. I didn't get to see it all, but the protection on it. I, mean, I didn't get to see all eleven guys, but I saw Debo. Um, I saw Jimmy throw a great ball to him. Um, I, I got to assume that the protection was really good. I think our right side had all one on ones and were able to hang in there and make a big play, which um, made us gave us a little comfortable lead there at that time. Well, you had primarily been using Elijah. The fact that Jeff Wilson was back, obviously you have confidence in him. Did that help you, I guess, A, establish that you know, pre-game goal of 40, make it realistic, just that you could have a more diversified running game? Um, I mean, it would have been our same goal if, if Jeff wasn't up there, you know, and um, you know, then it would have been Trey Sermon getting the carries. Um, Jeff being out there, I mean, got a lot of confidence in Jeff. He's done some really good things here. Uh, I know he's still trying to get back in a complete football shape and healthy, but uh, he ran the ball very well when he played halfback, and he got a lot of snaps basically at fullback today um, in our 11 personnel when Debo was running the ball and did a real good job at it. What did that first drive mean to you? 18 plays, I think 12 runs in it. So if you're going for 40 carries, 12 the start's a pretty good thing. What did that mean to you? Was it while you're going through, while you're calling these plays, are you feeling in a rhythm? Are you feeling like this is exactly what we need? Uh, yes. I mean, you know, when you say the goal of 40, that's. I almost backtracked it a little bit because that's somewhat unrealistic. Um, but then when we had that many on the first drive, I was like, all right, we got a chance. Uh, let's keep doing this, and uh, we'll see how the other side goes. And um, the other side did very well, um, especially when they got the turnovers. But um, everybody seemed amped up and ready to go. And when you have that long drive, uh, I don't know how many third downs we had on it, uh, but converting those allowed us to just stay with it. Eva Samuel in college was really good after the catch and good with the ball in his hands. But when you got here, when did you make the decision like, okay, we can give him running back plays? Um, just getting to know him and practicing with the guys. I mean, you got an idea when you draft people, um, but we didn't know how good he was at that stuff. Um, that was stuff we, we, you know, we saw with Hurd. You know, that was one reason to take him. You know, just with his running back experience, being able to see it all. Debo, you didn't totally know, um, but you got to see him run screens and how physical he was, and um, it was how he finished screens that we liked so much. I mean, he really brought it to people, and there was nowhere to go. And just having him, you see what he's good at, and you try to put players in position to help them. What's that? You got your game balls tonight? Uh, nobody. We didn't give any game balls out. I would have gave one to everybody if we did, but um, you know we need to start to expect some more games like that, and uh, we got to make sure that uh, we're going to be better or worse next week, and we got to make sure we're better. Well, through some of these losses, have you gone back through your own stuff and quality check, or you know, like maybe I got to try new things, maybe I don't. Have you gone through that? 
Yeah, oh yeah, you do that every week. Um, but it's not, I think it's just different how you guys would look into it. It's not like, hey, we did this this week. What should we try next week? It, it has to do with the players you have available. It has to do with the people you're going against. What gives your guys the best way to defend people, to block people, um, just from a personnel standpoint and then um, from a structure standpoint of how people run schemes. Um, so there's usually a different plan each week. Um, but yeah, we look in all of our stuff as much as you can. And, um, you know, we knew this formula was the way we thought it gave us the best chance to win, and that doesn't always mean you can do it. So I give hats off to our players, um, the position coaches, and everyone working them out through the week because um, guys were very detailed in what we did, and uh, we still made mistakes. I mean, some of those penalties we had there in the fourth um, with a couple false starts. I think we snapped the ball early on one. Uh, I think we jumped on, on defense with encroachment. Um, I think on second and goal from the 17. Uh, so there's still some mistakes and stuff like there usually is, but uh, we did the things to overcome them. Today. All right, that was uh, that was Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Odell Beckham Jr. G. Hey, uh, your thoughts as you're watching that game? And again, you said, "Hey, listen, I know that Odell Beckham Jr. is a big name. Don't get your hopes up." And I'm watching it, and again, it's his first game. He's only had one or two practices. But G, your thoughts on the game last night? You know what? This is the one time I'm probably not going to even blame Odell for this. Uh, OBJ was not the reason why they lost, especially considering what he got like three touches, you know, yeah. he, he wasn't really utilized in this game. So you can't blame Odell Beckham Jr. for this. However, you can blame Stafford for this and you can blame yes. uh, this is all coaching. I, I'm sorry, but, you know, maybe it's time to reconsider your defensive coordinator decision. Maybe it's time to make some certain adjustments or uh, hire somebody that will make certain adjustments. I'm not saying to fire Sean McVay. I'm just saying that like maybe certain adjustments need to be made um, with Sean McVay and his staff to just figure this out. You know, you think outside the box and figure this out because the, this is embarrassing. You are in two back-to-back primetime games. This should not be happening. You guys on paper, and I even said this to a few friends that were like, hey, what should I do as far as betting is concerned? I'm like, you know what, to be honest with you, I would take the Niners to cover because just their own San Francisco owns uh, the the Rams in these last yeah. two two seasons, three seasons. You know they're five and zero against them. So I, I personally think that you know the coaching needs to figure it out because there's only so much that you can blame these players when they're not running the ball or they're getting or the ball's getting stopped um, on the run. They um, and they also told you that they were going to stop the run. Um, and on top of it, their defense just needs a, an upheaval. Um, something needs to something needs to happen. Well, listen, uh, Gia, you talk about the defense. I mean, it was embarrassing to give up two ninety-plus yard touchdown runs to begin the game. Because listen, it's one thing to fall behind fourteen to zero; it's another thing. And by the way, again, Stafford with another just embarrassing pick six, but. Um, you cannot give up back-to-back ninety-plus yard drives to begin the game. I mean that 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 can't happen. I mean, if you were a Super Bowl contending team, you have to stop a team. I mean, field pos- positioning is so big. So when you have a team within their ten-yard line and they go ninety yards to score a touchdown, that is demoralizing. Demoralizing. Uh, the Rams again. Fall, uh, they are zero and two in their last two games. Just a weird couple of weeks for for them in terms of of uh, you know the first eight weeks of the season. They are seven and one. 
averaging 30.6 points per game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 22 touchdowns, four picks. And you go to these last two weeks, G here, where they are 0-2. They are averaging just 13 points per game. Matthew Stafford, just two touchdowns and four picks. I mean, it is night and day, and, I, and I'm not saying that they've been found out or that they've been caught. I mean, two interesting things have happened, and you've touched on it. Number one, I think that the Tennessee Titans are a legit Super Bowl team. They are a legit Super Bowl contender. So, again, no shame in losing to them. You can't get blown out. And number two, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. I hate to say it. I don't know why that's the case. Hopefully, Sean McVay has a ton of pride. He figures that thing out. But, GA, not only... Have they won the last five games? The 49ers have been the dogs in four of those five games. So, again, they were not the only disappointing thing. Also, the Lakers lost. We'll touch on that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 and 98.5 The Fan. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and Mightier 1090 AM. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas. Jihei, you said you were right. Yesterday, I did not want you to be right. I do not think the city of Los Angeles wanted you to be right. They love you, but listen, we wanted you to be dead wrong. You said the 49ers would uh, would beat the uh, Rams. I thought you were crazy. You were right. And you also just, just you're not feeling these Lakers. And I'm thinking, well, you know, look, listen, maybe they, they, they beat the Spurs. You know, they're feeling good about themselves. No, James. They got blown out last night. Again, blown out by the Chicago Bulls. And so, you know, I made the mistake of calling them an exciting team. They're not a, an exciting team. At least their games were close. And that's what I meant. That at the very least, say what you want about this team. The, their, their games are generally tight. That was not the case last night. Again, the Bulls beat the Lakers 121-103. Again, I was at Levi Stadium last night watching the Rams get blown out by the 49ers as soon as that game was over and I get back to the hotel. I flip on the the Lakers game, and not only is that game a blowout, but as soon as I flip it on G.A., it's Bulls 90, Lakers 66 in the third quarter, and D'Anthony Davis gets ejected. I mean, th- th- this is just sort of all coming together for this train wreck of a season where these guys get upset. They're complaining to the officials that they're getting technicals uh, post-game, and we'll, we will hear from him in a moment. Frank Vogel was as frustrated and as flustered as I've seen him in quite some time. And the reason, Gene, that I think he may be on the hot seat right now, the Lakers in the third quarter are absolutely dreadful. They are probably, statistically speaking, the worst third quarter team in the league. And when you talk about the third quarter, you know, you go into halftime, the game is tied, you're up by a couple, you're down by a couple, you make the halftime adjustments, the players go out and do what the coaches tell them to do, and and then they come out strong. 
the Lakers are an absolutely dreadful third quarter team. E- even when they've been blown out these last couple of games, you go back to that Timberwolves game where they're down by 30 points. That game was a tight game in the first half. So Frank Vogel was upset um, and he has every right to be. I mean, I, I, I don't think that this is because of coaching necessarily. I don't think the pieces fit. I don't think the chemistry is there. I don't think that these guys like playing together. I think as soon as they get, uh, you know, a bad call against them, I mean, they are easily taken off their game. And, you know, perhaps that'll change when LeBron James comes back. But I don't think this is as simple. When I watch this team play, what ails this team isn't as simple as a 37-year-old LeBron James coming back. Because, um, again, we saw this team with LeBron at the beginning of the season. They didn't look right. They've looked, obviously, far worse without him. They are getting healthier. But it, it's it's so frustrating to watch this 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 team play. And they're getting to a point where the crowd's beginning to boo. The crowd's beginning to leave in, in the third quarter. But... Let's now hear from Frank Vogel, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Carmelo just about what is happening with this team, what they need to do to turn things around, but most importantly, what the heck happened in that third quarter? Let's now start to hear from Frank Vogel, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Carmelo Anthony. Hey, Frank, wonder what you saw in that first half with the way they were defending AD and how similar that was to the way teams have played him in the past and what you guys needed or wanted to do better. Yeah, we haven't seen that that type of double team this year. Uh, you know, credit Chicago um, for being very aggressive, trying to take him out of the game with post frontals and immediate double teams. And, um, you know, with a new group, um, you know, we didn't we didn't adjust to it very well when we did. Um, you know, we missed open threes on the backside. Uh, but we turned the ball over too much and, and too many had too many bad possessions um, early on trying to get AD involved. Um, you know, part of an 82 game season with a new group is, you know, all, all these guys that are new to playing with Anthony, you know, trying to figure that out and understanding how, you know, what we want to go to when we see a defensive like that. Frank, what do you think is most important now as you embark on this road trip, you know, without much of a break in between, you just get tomorrow as a travel day? What do you think you got to come together around? Yeah, welcome. You know, we welcome the road trip. You know, it'll be good for us. You know, we've been struggling, um, you know, a little bit up and down. We're fighting our, you know, for consistency and, um, you know, changing the environment should be good for us. Frank, you, you bring up the, the double teams that Chicago had. Is, is the counter more about how you guys shot tonight from three? Yesterday, you guys were hitting your threes, or is it more... Um, there needs to be more motion, needs to be more movement around AD when he hits those double teams? Both. Frank, I, I know this has been a day-to-day thing, but what's the probability that LeBron could play on Wednesday in Milwaukee? Is that, is that, is that, on, is that on the table? or Day-to-day. Frank, the way the Bulls shot it, today obviously teams can get hot but uh how much does that fall on the defensive execution of your guys on the perimeter uh a little of both you know what i mean I, I thought there was a lot of good possessions you know where they made a tough shot made a tough shot a uh, tough three um you know and then there's a lot of times we you know we're trying to double team two super hot players you know zach's been been really hot so we're trying to take the ball out of his hands and 
Um, you know, Lonzo gets going on the backside. We try not to double team DeRozan early um, because of what Zach and, and Lonzo look like on the backside. And he gets going in as one-on-one. So they're an extremely difficult team to guard, um, put a lot of pressure on you, and um, you know, give them credit for shooting the heck out of the ball. Um, what do you know what, what happened when a guy loses his shoe like AD did and what caused the second technical foul for him to be ejected? Yeah, I mean, allowed to stop and let him do that, or they just keep playing, or how does that actually? Yeah, happen? I think typically, you know, the ref will wipe the ball, let let the guy get his shoe on, you know, have some common sense, quick inbounds. Um, AD said that's BS, okay, which happens about 15 times in the NBA every game, okay. Quick tech ejection. I don't know what to say about that. First of all, so back-to-back uh, for you, and of course you hadn't played since early October, uh, uh, played a lot of minutes to get your career high. Where did you find the win? How did you keep it that high, and, and how did you feel physically? Uh, I was just trying to go out there and play hard. Uh, you know, we were down, so just trying to, you know, keep fighting was the main thing on my mind. Uh, just trying, you know, get my teammates to boost in any kind of way. With how aggressive Chicago was with AD and just small and, and swarming, what do you guys have to do better as a team to either get him going or compliment what he's trying to do better? Uh, just figure out a way to, uh, you know, kind of use their defense against them. Uh, you know, try to use their, uh, you know, scrappy, you know, kind of, you know, swarming defense against them and uh, trying to just make them pay. I feel like, you know, just it's something that we got to look over again and, uh, you know, just try and get better from it. Taylor, how, uh, what do you put your finger on when it comes to the Chicago Bulls perimeter shooting tonight? Uh, they had it going from the outside. Um, you know, with the shooters that they got, uh, you know, Alonzo being an improved shooter, uh, you know, just seeing what he did, he went seven for 10 from, from three. So, uh, you know, they get him up too, uh, you know, at a high volume and, you know, they were hitting tonight. So, you know, when you, when the team's hitting like that, you got to try to do whatever you can just to stop them. And just, they were just falling for them. You know? Taylor, uh, you always knew you were going to be slated for a bigger role this year. I know. You guys are hoping that LeBron is back this week or or soon, but are you getting a sense for just how much more that you personally have to do on the court w- without LeBron in a game like this? Uh, well, you know, coming out with, especially with him out, you always know that you got to play hard and kind of make up slack for you know with a big you know piece of our team being out. So uh, just any way we can to try to you know make up for him being out. Uh, you know, we just all gotta you know bring our games up to another level. So it's just. A, um, hi, over here. Um, long trip coming up here, pretty tough trip, it, it looks like. Can this be a chance for you guys to bond, to kind of, you know, get together on the road? Oh, uh, yeah, the road is definitely a, a place for us to, where we go, you know, our bond that has to, you know, come together. And, you know, just the whole team camaraderie just has to, you know, gel a little bit more on the road. And, you know, we're going to be just with, with each other. So you have no other you know, choice but to, you know, kind of get that chemistry up. So we're just going to try to, you know, get better from here. Get better every day. Taylor, what was the matchup with Alex like for you? Was that um, weird at all at first? And 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 was it was it kind of fun along the way too? Uh, it's fun. It was fun outside the fact that we lost, but uh, you know, always going against your former teammate is great. You know, AC is a, gr- a great player, and uh, you know, he brings a lot to the table. And uh, you know, I'm just happy for him to get what he deserves. And uh, you know, that's all I really can say. Going into a season, we're going to play a role, and like when minutes accumulate, the way they have with all the injuries and stuff, is that something that you can feel? Is that something that you account for? Uh, and and just how are you feeling after playing a ton this 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 whole homestand, basically? 
Uh, I, I try. I try not to think about it. Uh, I just I mean, we never know what's gonna what's gonna happen as far as what's needed, uh, roles, uh, minutes. I, for me personally, I try to just take it game to game. And whatever I need to do to get ready for that game, I'll uh, do to get ready for that game, and then I worry about the games after that. Other games after that. And then just to follow up on that, can you can you feel it like in your legs from three at certain times, or is that is it some just nice, depends? Some nice. Haven't haven't often. A uh, couple of nights you, you feel it. Try to get try to get something else. Try to do something else. Try to get something easier. Uh, especially the way for me personally, the way that team trying to you know defend and try to go. I just keep somebody on me all night and, and lift it and shower me. So you gotta you, know, you gotta be smart and strategic and, and figure it out or or do something. Whereas a lot of times you're not going to get it. You're not going to get the shot. Somebody else may get the shot. So just kind of being smart about it. Mel, obviously we, we all know it's been kind of up and down so far for the group. And Frank says that coming off a game when you guys do film, he likes to try to remove the result from it. Uh, where do you have to put your head as a player to in order to be able to get on board with that? Because uh, obviously, you know, you guys are competitors. You feel the wins. You feel the losses. Um, to try to keep moving forward uh, with trying to think, not think about the result? Well, we feel the wins. We feel the losses. Uh, we're human. So we, we're going we're gonna to feel, you know, any time you, you're going to feel defeat any time you lose. So um, it's, it's very hard to kind of reflect back on the game right after the game. You know, I know for me, I, I don't like doing that. I like to go home and rewatch the game, rewatch the clips and see what what we did right, what we did wrong, um, places that we can be better, do better, get better. So I kind of try to analyze the game as I watch it when I get home. And tomorrow I'll have a, a, a another a, another perspective on uh, what I saw in the game. Because a lot of times it might be something that's going on in the game and it might feel terrible or it might feel great. And it's not that great or it's not that bad. So commenting on, on the game right away it's, it's kind of a little difficult for me because I like to go back and watch it. Mello, you guys are about to go on the road and face some tough teams. What's the goal for this team? What's the approach you guys are going to take on this five-game trip? Win Wednesday. <laughs> sure. Get the win Wednesday. Get the win Wednesday. And then from that point on, to and then from that point on, you you know you you on the road. So it, that that first game on the road is always a big a big one to get. Um, and we know it's, it'll be tough going in there and getting it, but we, we believe in ourselves. We feel like we got the team to go in there and do it. And, you know, why not go on the road and start it off with a win? So Wednesday for sure is is, is, is very big when I was listening. No, when the when schedule, another schedule question, but, you know, 12 of the first 15 at home is, you know, was, I guess, generally perceived as a sort of soft start for this team, you know, be able to be at home for the first 12 of the first 15. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened in the, in these first 15 games. A lot of things that have, you know, altered kind of the course. You said you feel the wins and the losses. How does eight and seven feel at this point, considering the circumstances that you guys have endured uh, up to this point? I don't look at the eight, seven. Uh, I kind of try to evaluate how the season within the first 20 games. After the first 20 games, then we, you know, we, we, we can start. We know where we at. We know what we need to do after the first 20 games. 
for me, I just uh, analyze the, the season like that. I kind of break the season down into four parts, three, four parts. Uh, but the first 20 games is, a, you know, it's kind of getting out the gate and seeing what we had as a team, you know, evaluating us after that, you know, especially with injuries and the guys being out, the guys coming back. It's a long season, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna keep saying that until we get to the, until we get halfway mark. Uh, but it's it's a long season. There's some things that we have to have to do, have to get better at. You know, have to have to learn from like tonight. Uh, despite you know the back to backs, they played last night too. We you know we played earlier in the day, so it's things that we. I mean, we just got to get better at. It. Yeah, we we will get better at it. Uh, we know it. We talk about it. We discuss it. So now it's just a matter of putting that in motion. Um, Melo, just the way the offense kind of struggled in the first three quarters, um, uh, you know, do, do you feel like that was more about the way you guys shot, especially from three tonight, or, or was it more about uh, just being able to kind of get in the spots where guys like AD, guys like Russ can get to shooters and things like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think you're going to beat anybody. Uh, Shooting six for thirty-two from three in, in today's game, so I mean we can talk about uh, a lot of other things that that went on tonight. But when you shoot the ball, when you shoot six from thirty-two from three, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat anybody unless you just on it. You're on point on every other aspect of the game, uh, and it that that's how the night went for us. So um, there's no excuses for that. You know that we that we shot that we shot eighteen percent tonight from three. Um, and we can make a couple more threes, the game might be, you know, might change. Uh, but it's one of them nights. It's just one of them nights we wasn't getting a lot of the, lot of the looks. We wasn't making the, you know, the shots that we were making, that we was taking. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. You just can't beat a team when you go uh, six for 32 from three. Not in today's game. All right, that was Frank Vogel. Taylor Horton Tucker, THT, and Carmelo Anthony. GA, you've talked about it. Just, just, uh, and you played the game. And and when the chemistry is not there, and you don't, and I'm just going to put this out there, you don't either trust your teammates, you don't trust the system, or a combination of the two. It is so apparent, and that's why just watching this team play, it, 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 the pieces just don't fit. Yeah, I mean, this has become a thing where I just think that I'm not going to completely give up on the Lakers just yet because LeBron is not there. And there is a difference between your leader being on the sideline versus your leader being actually on the floor in the trenches with you. That being said, though, the Clippers are doing it. You know, and I just, I think that these guys, maybe they're looking at this more as a job and employment instead of this game that. You know, you, that should be enjoyed um, and time spent with these guys that should be enjoyed. I, I don't know. They got to get it together. Um, I don't want to pull the plug on them just yet, but I just don't see it. I don't see it getting any better. I, I, I That's just me personally. I just don't see it getting any better. Um, if know, they prove me wrong, then great, but I don't see it. Yeah, and, and, and watching that game last night, it just reminded me that they didn't, care enough about the chemistry that was on that team they they didn't care i mean when you win a championship with a group of guys when you're in the bubble in orlando for a hundred days there is a bond that is built with those guys 
And you're watching Caruso out there, and those fans out there, the Laker fans love Caruso. And, and so it's not just that Caruso was not on this team. It's sort of the combination of you gave up on Caruso. You gave up on uh, Kyle Kuzma. You gave up on KCP. All these guys who helped you win a championship, and I'll still stick to this to this day, GA. If that team is healthy last year, if they gave them a full like golf season, like they normally do following each championship, and that team was healthy with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and you go down to the list. I think that team's a number one seed, a two seed. They're, they're playing in the conference finals. Maybe they're playing in the finals. For whatever reason, they took a sledgehammer to that team, and they wanted to start from scratch. So they got rid of Caruso. Caruso's a glue guy. Caruso last night had zero points, but he you could feel the, like, impact he had on the game in terms of his six boards five assists two steals he was out there he was making plays and so when you look at what they did to this team and and to your point ga you've said it before looks good on paper and i'm going to switch the quote not good on the court of course hall of fame caliber players you know when they retire carmelo hall of fame russell westbrook hall of fame dwight howard but how, like, how do those pieces fit right now? It doesn't look like they fit, and it doesn't look like they're having fun. And I don't know when that happens. Does that happen when LeBron James comes back? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, you know, the problem is we've seen this team play together when healthy. We saw them in the preseason. We saw them at the beginning of the season. The pieces have never fit. And maybe at some point they do. But right now that they 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 don't, and now they go on the road, and we'll see how they fare going on the road now. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio, the all new and mightier 1090 AM. So it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.